Radio Mano Papachango. Dr. Ryan coming at you back in Topanga after a few days on the road. Uh, not sure. I, I'm kind of confused, uh, lost in the, the travels and all this. I think I might have told you at the last episode that I'd been in North Carolina. Amazing three days there. Very intense. You'll be hearing uh, four podcasts that I recorded there uh, with some absolutely fantastic people very interesting uh anyway those will be coming up in a couple of weeks i was just in um denver now uh colorado visiting a friend there uh three days three very intense days there um so i'm kind of like scrambled i'm all over the place but it was cool uh Went up to uh, Nederland, which is above Boulder up in the mountains. Really cool little town on a lake, reservoir. Beautiful, beautiful area. I'd forgotten how beautiful Colorado was. I hadn't been there in 30 years. Of course, I knew that Colorado's beautiful. Everybody knows it's beautiful, but it's different. Knowing it and seeing it are two very different things. Then we went down to Crestone, a little south of Denver, three hours, three and a half hours south of Denver. Amazing place. I mentioned a few episodes back that I might be in Denver and a whole bunch of people sent me emails um, because I said maybe we could all get together, have a beer or something. But as it turned out, I was only in Denver one evening and, and there was no time to, to get together. So I'm sorry, those of you who, who did write in and, and uh, were up for getting together. I'm sorry that didn't happen. Hopefully I'll be going back soon. And uh, Denver is a cool town. Wow. Hadn't realized. Last time I was in Denver, which, as I say, was like 30 years ago, it was dead. It was dead. I remember being downtown. I got I was on the train and I remember being downtown. It's like, wow, this is a big city with nobody in it. Weird. Um, it's not like that anymore. There are people in it. There are a lot of people in it. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping to, to spend some more time in Colorado. I really enjoyed it. And so hopefully we'll be able to schedule a, a hangout probably 40 50 people wrote um that they were you know they were down to come and hang out so certainly it seems like there's enough of a tangentially speaking listener base around denver that we could have a get together and and you guys can all meet each other and buy me beers until i'm puking in a corner somewhere uh but I was lucky. I, I mean, I met uh, two people randomly who listened to the podcast. A guy at a bar in Denver, first night I was there. Sorry, forget your name, buddy. But he was reading um, t um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, apparently, uh, and uh, recognized me and came over and said hi. And then later, he and his uh, girlfriend went home and randomly picked an episode to listen to that they hadn't heard yet. And I mentioned the books and in the art of motorcycle maintenance in that episode, which is kind of a weird, he sent me an email telling me about this weird convergence. And I got the email the following morning, just after I had finished recording a podcast with two guys who run a nonprofit, uh, based in Boulder that, uh, 
is set up to help vets who are suffering from PTSD get um, access to ayahuasca ceremonies that have proven to be very helpful in treating PTSD. Anyway, in that podcast recording, Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance also came up because we were talking about uh, confusing quantity and quality. And that's something that uh, Persig makes a big point of in that book. So there's this weird convert. I mean, I don't mention Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance every fucking day, do I? Have I mentioned it on every episode of this podcast? I don't think so. But who knows? Maybe I have. Uh, but I don't think so. I really don't. So the stars aligned in some bizarre way there. And then when I was down in Crestone, which I think total population of Crestone is probably 200 people or something. We're in the only bar in town listening to some uh, local band uh, jamming. And the dude is sort of standing next to us. And my friend and I are talking and he kind of comes over and he says, Dr. Christopher Ryan? I was like, fuck yeah. I mean, I feel like Tom Cruise or something. There are 200 people in this little town. He said he recognized me from my voice. Uh, so anyway, Seth. Seth, who makes pizza, who I really want to get on the podcast at some point. We ended up hanging out that evening and had some beers and some conversation. And Seth's life is fascinating. Uh Dude's been all over the world. Another person who was born in the Mormon community and um, has has escaped or wandered away or whatever the right phrase is, uh, similar to Sarah, who was on a few episodes back. And uh, he's been all over the world, both uh, as a Mormon in the you know missionary um period, but then also uh, after he left, he's continued traveling and uh, he's been on a very interesting path. Um, his, his not only spiritual, but physical and in many other respects. So I hope that uh, next time I'm in Colorado, Seth and I will get a chance to sit down and he can share his story with y'all. Uh, another thing I did that I had really been wanting to do for a long time was I went to see a concert at Red Rocks which is got to be, it's got to be the most amazing musical venue on the planet. I can't imagine a place more beautiful. Uh, it's just spectacular if you're ever in the Denver area and there's a band that you're interested in seeing, uh, or even if it's not a band you're interested in seeing, just to get out there and, and see the place. It's just spectacular. It's sort of tucked into this natural rock formation on a hillside. You can see out. Uh, I don't know if it's Denver or Golden. I think you can see Denver uh, in the distance and concerts take place around sunset. So you see it all in the light and then the sun goes down and you can see the, the distant lights. Uh, it's really spectacular. Uh, I saw Spearhead out there, which is a band that I've been into for a long time. I've played some of their music on the podcast. I got to tell you, though, uh, uh, it's the last Spearhead concert I'll ever go to. Uh, you know, I, I really like what they're about. I like... Um, they used to be very political. And Michael Franti's the main guy. It's always Michael Franti and Spearhead. So I think he writes the music, he writes the lyrics, he's the front man and all that. Um, but it's, you know, it used to be Michael Franti was singing about... 
um, oppression and U.S. foreign policy, militarism, consumerism, uh, racism, a lot of serious shit. And, he, and it was intelligent and what's, what's the adjective? Trenchant, is that the word? Uh, very focused and, and nuanced and man, he fucking, he knew what he was talking about. I love that. I love, you know, I don't want to hear, you know, bitches ain't shit and, uh, you know, it's all about pussy and crystal and yeah, come on, man. You're playing into the fucking hands of the oppressor with that shit. I want to hear somebody saying something meaningful and serious and, and responding to the world as it is. And Spearhead used to be that way. And uh, now, unfortunately, they have gone or he has gone full namaste. It is. I mean, that concert was so full of fucking bullshit positivism. And not only it's like, you know, you, you got to appreciate every day, you know, everybody, you got to love everyone and oh, shut the fuck up. And also every two minutes, he's telling you what to do. I want to see your left hand in the air and I want to see your right. It's like you're doing the fucking hokey pokey up there. At one point, he actually said, I want you all to form groups of four to five people and hold hands and, you, and hug the person on your left and kiss the person on your right and tell him you love him. I don't even fucking know the person on my right. What are you doing to me, man? Fucking Jesus, Michael, too many yoga classes, brother. You got to like play some more basketball and, and take it easy on the yoga. Jesus. Anyway, so needless to say, I felt kind of grumpy about that. But boy, the place is beautiful. And this episode is brought to you by Spearhead. No, it's not. Uh, I haven't even mentioned the guest. This is a special guest. This is Chris D'Elia. This is one of the most famous people who's ever been on this podcast. This is going to catapult me and this podcast to the next level of fame and fortune around the world or not. But anyway, Chris D'Elia, very cool guy. Very, uh, this is the first time I met him. I mean, I'd met him. I shook his hand. Simon Rex, uh, who's on, I don't know how many episodes ago, uh, he's on a show called Typical Rick. Uh, and Chris D'Elia is on the show. I went down to the studio one day where they were filming and, and Simon introduced me, but it was like a, hey, how you doing handshake. So this is the first time we sat down together uh, to talk. And as you'll hear, it took us about, I don't know, a minute before we were sharing very intimate details about our teenage sexual exploits. If you are the least bit squeamish about uh, teenage sexual exploits, <laughs> I guess you might want to skip this one because it gets pretty, pretty, uh, down and dirty pretty fast. But anyway, Chris D'Elia, a really cool guy, had me over to his house in Laurel Canyon. Um, uh, yeah, you know, he's one of these people who, is a Hollywood insider, but he's not, uh, he's not drinking the Kool-Aid as far as I can tell. He's, uh, seems like a, a cool guy who's aware of how lucky he is and, and, uh, you know, not only to, to be pulling down serious money, but to be having a good time making a living, you know, and, uh, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a cool guy, very smart, very funny. His Netflix special, which is just out 
like a week ago is called Man on Fire. And uh, you probably know from some other shows. Uh, he's on some network TV shows. I think he's on NBC. Undateable, I think, is one of the shows. I've never seen it, but, you know, I'm this uh, snobby intellectual who doesn't have a TV and just, you know, downloads shit occasionally. Uh, I don't even have Netflix, which is embarrassing. Uh, at one point in our conversation, I, I apologize for not having seen his his special. Um, you know, I said I don't have Netflix. And then uh, later I'd seen something else, uh, Three Mics, uh, that was on Netflix. And then it was I felt embarrassed because it was like he thought that, you know, I was making an excuse. I don't know what. Anyway, I saw Three Mics at my sister's place because she has Netflix and uh and i told her the story later and i was like yeah i don't know I, maybe he thought i was bullshitting or something she's like well everybody has netflix man you can just use my password i was like what so like, yeah just use my password everybody shares passwords i didn't know that i'm so out of the loop way out of the loop anyway without further ado why don't we just get to this uh thank you to all of you who support this podcast on patreon.com you're my homies I really appreciate that. Uh, I didn't do a video of this one. We kept this one just audio. Keep it simple, quick in and out. Um, but I do, I've done uh, video. I'm doing video on most of them now. So uh, those of you who are, are Patreon supporters will have access, immediate access to those videos. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll do a delay or I don't know. I feel weird. I mean, I know I have to give bonus content to the people who support the podcast, just to, you know, urge you to, if you want to see the videos, but I also feel like, yeah, what the fuck? I made the video. Why, you know, I might as well just put it up and let everyone see it. Right. I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. I'm a really bad businessman. So I need a manager who wants to be my manager, squeeze money out of the audience. Um, I'm just kidding. That's a rhetorical question. Please don't write to me saying I'll squeeze money out of your audience. Um, but if you do have some extra money and, uh, you want to send it my way, support independent journalism for whatever the fuck this is, uh, Patreon's a good way to do it. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Just get on there and do a search for Chris Ryan or Tangentially Speaking or whatever, and you'll find this, find me, and then you can just throw in your credit card number and say, I'll give that guy five bucks a month why not buy him a beer buy me a beer a month if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it and you're getting you know how many hours a month are you getting out of this you're getting like 10 hours a month you know uh isn't that worth a beer really all right that's as pleading as i can get enjoy this episode with chris delia uh i did and uh i'm gonna play you out with a Spearhead song. The Spearhead I remember from my youth before Michael Franti took way too many yoga classes. This is called Rock the Nation. Let me hear you make some noise, y'all. Rock the Nation. Rock the Nation. Rock the Nation. Rock the Nation. time, an aggressive time, a painful time, a time 
where cynicism rocks the vine In a time where violence blocks the summer shine Lifetimes go by in a flash In a search for love, in a search for cash Everybody wanna be some fat tycoon Everybody wanna be on a tropic honeymoon Nobody wanna sing a little bit out of tune Or be the backbone of a rebel platoon It's too soon to step out of line You might get laughed at, you might get fine But do you fear me when I say I feel pain every day When I see the way my friends gotta slave And never get ahead of bills they gotta pay No way, no way Some make a living doing killing Colombian penicillin Some are willing to play the villain They just chilling To pass the time Pass the information Or pass the wine Pass the buck Or pass the baton But you can't pass the police Or the pentagon The IRS or the upper echelon I think it's time to make a move on The contradiction Bomb, bomb Rock the nation Take over television and radio station Bomb, bomb The true shall come Give the corporations of complication Bomb, bomb Rock the nation, take over television and radio station, bomb, bomb. The truth shall come, give the corporations a complication, say, oh, oh. our time i say it one more time to emphasize the meaning of my rhyme to rise above all the dirt and grime at the right spice at the right time fuck the constitution are we part of the solution or are we part of the pollution sitting by and wondering why things ain't the way we like to find them to be to be for you and for me the people over there and the ones in between check our habitation are we a peace-loving nation peace-loving nation i have a reasonable doubt i think i just spell it out there's no need to scream more to shout the nra just bought a man so that he jumps up and shouts gun control the government say that killing's a sin unless it kill a murderer with a lethal syringe so i ask again are we peace lovers then peace lovers then some of them slang guns when they six years old some of them end up in some six foot hold this whole damn place into lost control so i raise my voice before i lose my soul bomb bomb rock the nation dip over television and radio station bomb bomb The truth shall come, give the corporations of complication, bomb, bomb. Rock the nation, take over television and radio station, bomb, bomb. The truth shall come, give the corporations of complication, Express my feelings, vibe revealed and revolved Spinning on a record, y'all try to confiscate Take what I communicate with, it's ancient Gift to the lips, steady creating, activating Passing vocal violations to the blind plus the seeing Human doesn't mean just being, becoming Don't believe it, just be life it Belongings and beloved, rehearse it or recite it While shining, drop your guns, move your tongues Battle motivation, no times lyrics come Sometimes fun, others run their mouth or away My mind's cold beaming like an early sun ray One day we'll get the picture and all combine Let's be talking about mind's mind and become one mind Every piece of the puzzle has its place To build the piece of the puzzle called the human race Taking it long enough to cross the formal journalistics This sexy critics put backwards to rap words I'm sure raising my hand with questions and demands Statements in a plan with the map of the land Bomb, bomb, rock the nation Take over television and radio station Bomb, bomb, the truth shall come Give the corporations of complication Bomb, bomb, rock the nation Take over television and radio station Bomb, bomb The truth shall come, give the corporation some complication, yo.
All right, we're back. So we're in Laurel Canyon. We were talking about the musical history, but you're not into music. Uh, not really. I love, like, I have people I like. Like, I, I'm right. a huge Tupac fan. Right. And, like, you know, like, I like weird ones. Like, I like, but probably because, like, they remind me of my childhood. Like, I love Phil Collins. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and Hall and Oates. And shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hall and Oates. Yeah, I know. But you're not old enough. That's my childhood. Well, but... Well, okay, maybe, but the, you're the 80s, rich, they girl. were big, though. I'm 37. Yeah, you're 37. 80. I'm 55. Born in 80. So you were born in 80. Yeah. I just remember because my... They're not, Fuck, that's like, the year I got out of high school. Wow. Yeah, I could be your dad. If that girl if that girl got pregnant when I was 17, uh-huh. that would have been your mom. Yeah. That, <laughs> no, but my... Uh, you'd look different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if I would press my luck. <laughs> no, could, I'd, could stick, I'd stick with what you got, man. I don't, I don't know what your family life um, is like, but that, that woman and I were not meant to I be together. You, you know, you. it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> No, the first time I had sex with a girl in high school, she was like three weeks late getting her period the oh. next month. I've never known terror like I that. I know. the first. It's so funny. Like the first time. The, okay. So the first time I had sex, condom broke. Second time I had sex, condom broke. Same girl. You got a real pointy dick? I, no. That's like what sharp I... Sharp edges? I, I didn't understand it. That's what I was like. What? And I, I, I immediately... I'm really close with my dad. Yeah. And I just basically rolled over and called my dad. Yeah, of course. Good like, move. Hey, dad. Well, and, that's and, cool that you have a dad like yeah, that. It is, yeah, it is. It is. And my, my girlfriend at the time was like, oh, God, you're really going to call your dad? And I was like, I'm, what, I mean, I've never done this before. She had done it like once before, maybe. But um, my, uh, my dad was like, Rip, it, it broke twice? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh. I was like, he's like, it's, it's probably fine. Because I didn't, I didn't finish in her. You can say ejaculate. Okay, on this well, podcast. I was waiting to, for you to get there. <laughs> splooge. And then I you didn't splooge in her. Is that what you're saying? I didn't come in her. Uh, it's so crazy too because on my podcast, which I film right Dump here load, in the seat, you all I do is talk fucking bullshit and dirt. Uh, oh, dude. But well, come I just on. add respect to you. I'm no, like, don't right. don't respect. No, I know. Me. I read, Any I read respect for me is misplaced. Believe <laughs> yeah. me. Um, so. Uh, so I called him and he was like, it's probably okay. Um, yeah. And it was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it's really like now, if it were to happen, I'd be like, oh, it's probably okay. Yeah. But when and morning after pills, you know, right, now right. you got the morning after existed, option. You know, yeah. I don't know if they did. They did. Yeah, maybe they didn't. And, and when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I had a thing when I was working in a gas station uh, and for the Cowherd brothers, Bob and Lee Cowherd. They owned the old Bluebird Garage in wow. Casanova, New York. So I was pumping gas, and uh, they, for my Christmas bonus, they gave me a little paper bag of Black Beauties, which is Speed. Jeez. Speed? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing, giving his like, 16-year-old Speed for his Christmas bonus, but that's what they did. And uh, my girlfriend and I skipped school one day and we stayed home. And I had a king-sized waterbed when I was yeah. in high school with a leopard skin cover. I was like aspiring Killing it. fucking Hugh Hefner, you know? <laughs> and uh, so we took this speed and we fucked like jackrabbits. And like to the point where you could kind of smell burning rubber, you know? <laughs> and, oh, right from the condom or what? Yeah, I get well, you, you then, didn't use You didn't use it one then or what? No, I was using it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and then like, you know, splooge, splooge city. And, but when it was, it was like, it didn't break. It was like shattered. It was in a million. We couldn't even find it. The condom? Yeah. 
There was just like a ring around my dick. The rest of it was totally gone. And it was panic time. So we called um, Planned Parenthood and explained. And they were like, well, there's not much you can do now. Just wait. And then I was like, no, we got to do something. And I got her into the bathtub. And she's like in the bathtub. And, you know, (laughs) I'm trying to to like flush it out. And then I get this idea. And I've never told this story publicly before. And I probably (laughs) shouldn't be now. But what the hell? Hey, why not? I go downstairs and I, I find the uh, my mom's turkey baster. And you tried to get it out that way? Basted her. Yeah. That can't work. Why not? You're flushing out the sperm. Oh, you're, oh, 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 oh. I thought you were saying you were trying to suck it up. <laughs> like an abortion. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. No, no, I no. Mean, I was just trying to like you wash think was, it out I wonder, of there. I wonder what the... That can't work. Why not? I mean, I understand what you're saying. Why not? But... I feel like if you told that to a doctor, they'd be like, I'll tell you what, I have told it. My wife's a doctor. I've oh, told okay. her the story. And she was like, yeah, maybe it worked. Huh. Um, but I'll tell you, the, the main thing is that it makes Thanksgiving's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's some Mom still yourself, has yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, I just let but the now you let it out and everyone will know everything. But my mom doesn't around. listen to the podcast, so okay. I think we're good. There you go. You know, and if she does, well, this isn't the one she'll start with. Right. There you go. I introduced my mom to Ron Jeremy once. That was a weird one of those moments. Did she know who he was? No. Right. That that would have been weird if she's like, Oh, I've wanted to meet you so long, <laughs> Mr. Jeremy. Right. Yeah. But no, so uh so so what the hell's your story? Where are you from? What what's uh I'm from New- I don't know much about you. I've yeah. watched a lot of your stand up. I haven't watched your Man on Fire thing. Oh cool. Uh just because yeah. I don't have Netflix. Oh got you, okay. Well that just um, came out this just past came week, out. So, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. you're a busy boy. You got yeah. that, you got the typical Rick coming out. Right. When, when's the next season of that? August? Uh, they said it's soon. Yeah, I just saw Nick uh the other day and he said it's no, I think it's July. Oh it's, it's, I, I this, think month. it's this month. Ah, yeah, cool. All I right. Think. Either either that or August. And but. Nick's doing Rogan, I guess, soon. Oh, he is. To promote it, I think. Oh, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. Cool. You guys are hitting the Rogan um, circuit. Yeah, I, I actually, I've done both of the seasons now. Just uh, one of the one episode, the first one, and then one other episode, the second one, which is where I met you. All right. right. And uh, that show just is so fun. I just think it's so funny. Yeah. I, I think. That, what is it? Ten episodes? But yeah, they're short. They're maybe, like yeah, ten they're like minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's like perfect yeah. for what's going on now. Like, yeah. people watch it on YouTube, and you yeah. know, it's just it's easily digestible. It's just right. the guys are so funny. So they yeah. have a good they have a good energy together. Yeah. yeah, I guess they've known each other a long time too. Yeah, so I think so. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so uh, well, so my special came out this past week. It's on Netflix, Man on Fire, and then I so so that was the big thing for me, just running that for like the last year. That's like an hour long. It's an hour. Yeah, sixty five minutes. So um, and I had to cut it down. You know, you 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 could do the thing. We get on the road, and then it becomes longer and longer. Right. It, was, it was literally like. An hour and a half, and I was like, "Did they film it all in one night, or they filmed yeah. it over?" Yeah, several? Well, well, what, what comics usually do is two shows um, a night, and then they'll they'll film both of those. Right, same venue, right. so you can cut yes. in and out. Yeah. So, um, so I did. I I, I I basically it was an hour and thirty, and I was like, "That's way too long." And so I like to do like, you know, I think I think I think now too with streaming because they can watch anything. I feel like people will click more on one that's an hour than right. ninety minutes. Right. So we're like, I'll just if it's if it's which is like, funny because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter at all. I know because you it's can streaming, but still, I feel like that's ingrained in people yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. So so I I I was working hard on that and then shot that and so now 
I'm just kind of, you know, I'm building new material. I'm trying to... You throw everything away when you do a special? Yeah, yeah. Kind of have to. Right? But, yeah, well, now with streaming. Right. You know, it used to you be can't like... You go to a club and do shit that everyone's yeah. seeing. Yeah. I mean, it used to be like, well, maybe you could do that. But if I'm going on the road, my fans are coming. Yeah. So they've see, they've probably seen my stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did, yeah. It, did it cut out? Yeah. I um, it's probably just the battery's yeah. low and the canceling. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so the... Uh, so it's hard for, like, because my fans are coming to see me on the road. Yeah. So if they're going to, um, they, if they're my actual fans, then they've probably seen Man on Fire already. Right. It came out last week, you know. Um, so, you know, it's like as soon as it drops streaming, like, it's not like, oh, you know, even eight years ago, it was like, oh, yeah, well, I missed it. It was on Tuesday at nine, but I missed it. But right. it'll be on again. Right. And I love that guy, but I haven't seen it yet. Right. That guy can now watch it right now. Right. Yeah. So you kind of got, I got like 25 minutes of new stuff and I got to, I got to fill it up. But, you know, I don't know. How's the, how's the process work for you? Do you just like, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night with a, with a bit or a line? Yeah, sometimes or it is like that. I mean, I don't know if I've actually woken up in the middle of the night, but like, well, you know what? I'm not, I probably have. Do you keep a, a like a tab? A, I, well, now I just kind of put bed. it on my phone. You, know? you do it on the phone. Um, yeah. But mostly, I would say mostly what happens is uh, something like last night will happen. So last night, I don't know when you're putting this out, but the 4th of July, I had a show. And um, it was going to, I knew it was going to be um, a a lighter audience because it was 4th of July, like Everyone's people were at, at parties, at parties or, right. they're, or they're drunk from the day. Where was it? Fire, comedy store? Comedy store, yeah. And so I almost didn't call in for it because of that. Um, but then I was like, fuck it. And I did it. Um, and uh, no worries. Don't, don't worry about no. it. I, it sounds all right. I'll yeah. just watch the levels. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so I did it. And I, I went up and there were like, you know, 90 people in the audience, which is for... For um, the comedy store, it still looks kind of full, but because it's 110 seats or something, 120, 120. And so I just kind of like, um, was like, I don't want to do my material that I've been doing. It's not going to work. There's not many people here. I'm just going to fucking wing it. And I winged it and I started talking about something that's been on my mind, kind of. And I did it in a funny way and it kind of worked. And like, that's not ready for me to perform it in theaters yet, but right. like... I know now in the back of my head I have that and I could add it if I wanted to eventually. Right. So maybe like tonight or tomorrow when I have shows, I'll go on and I'll start, I'll quote unquote, explore it, the, the thought again. You right. know what I mean? That's how I work. That's not how every comedian works, but right. I don't, I know, I know I've, I, some comedians do that, but some, some have like um, time where they sit and they write. Yeah. I just don't really do that. So you're actually developing the material on stage. Yeah. Mo most of the time, that's what it is. Huh. Yeah. That's ballsy, man. Well, I, I, people say that, and, and um, but I don't know. I mean, I've heard people say it's ballsy, but like, I just, it's, 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 I don't know if it has to do with laziness. I just don't want to sit down and write. And like, yeah. and, and also like, I think if you're, if you're funny, pressure kind of adds to it. Well, that's it. You know? I mean, you're like, I get this about writing. Like I hate writing, right? Like I'm pretty good at it apparently, right. but yeah. I, I fucking hate it. There's nothing. To, right. And I don't want to be one of these, you know, whiny writers. No. You know, I, I also hate having a job, you know, right. so yeah, <laughs> it's, sure. right. yeah. it's compared to the other right. options. But, uh, 
but I like doing public stuff. I like being on mm. stage. I get energy from being on stage in front of people. I get funnier. Yeah. I get smarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get sharper. Definitely. And so I can imagine for somebody like you being on stage, it kind of puts you in a zone where you got a bit of a turbo charge. Yeah. You're focused. I think it's a mood thing too, because sometimes yeah. I'm in that mood, like, um, Sometimes I'll be in that mood in my car, and I'll just be like, oh, I'm in a good mood. And yeah. if there were people here, I'd be talking, bullshitting with them. And yeah. I'll just start to talk out loud, and I'll be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And then I'll just, you know what I mean? <laughs> you ever do it with your recorder? I, well, you like, know, do I, voices I, and shit? Yeah. I, I, well, I have the part of the reason why I started the podcast was like, maybe I'll get some bits out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's just me. I don't have guests. Oh, you're just so ranting. I just kind of bullshit. You're and, just in here, like, yeah. jerking off into your yeah, microphone pretty much. there. <laughs> pretty much. I started doing that. I, I, you know, I do the guests thing but then i found that I, you know like my little story about the turkey baster i would like in, interject yeah. one of my stories and the guest is sitting there for 15 minutes going like what am i doing here you know yeah, but so i started doing what i called roma ranting out my ass oh that's good which is just like they're separate things so if you don't want to hear those uh, you know you can see on the download like this is just me gotcha and i'd like respond to emails from listeners and gotcha. shit and then there's the sort of normal ones with guests like this um but I thought that the ones of just me, people would be like, you know, there'd be like a fifth as many people would listen. But it turns out they really like that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's weird to think like, you know, hmm, like me just sort it's of... It's very weird. Ranting, it, it, people it, get something it's, from. It's very weird for me. I mean, I would argue... Well, it's weird when it's yourself. Because I would argue you. was like, oh, well, but if I like your writing, why wouldn't I listen to you talk? Well, because writing is refined. I understand. You thought but, it through. But I think that's kind of what they like about it. Yeah, like the rawness me, of it. For yeah. me, I have a comedy podcast, but it's not stand-up. Right. I, I literally think, oh, maybe I should talk about that today on my right. podcast. And I do it. And right. I'm like, oh, people, why would people give a shit? Yeah. I didn't work on it. Right. But they just kind of like that. I think they just like that about it. And, the, and the, it's a bit of a behind-the-scenes thing because they're watching you working things out, too. Right. Because they might hear it on your podcast and then three months later see yeah. it on a special and like, oh, I remember yeah. when he first had that idea. I was talking to either, I can't remember, I think it was Bill Burr. Uh, I don't, it might have been Marin, but I think it was Burr. And he was like, uh, he was saying that, you know, sometimes I, I do something on my podcast and I'm like, oh, and then I start talking about it on stage. And people will be like, yeah, I heard that on the podcast. And he's like, well, what the fuck do you think this shit comes from? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's my head. So they're like, so, they're, they're dissing it? Well, not, I mean, they're fans of Burr's, but they're right. like, oh, I don't know. That's what he was saying, but he yeah. was probably just self-deprecating. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, well, I've got a book coming out soon. Well, soon. I mean, being done right. soon, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So it'll come out six months from now. And I was talking with my editor and, and he, she was saying, there's two different people, but basically they were saying like, well, aren't you worried? Because I've had guests on the podcast that I'm going to be writing about in the book as examples of uh -huh. this principle, whatever. And like, aren't you worried that people listen to the podcast will be disappointed? Like, eh, I already know all this. Mm. I don't think so. I think nah. people like that. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I saw this yeah. idea yeah. sort of develop and now it's in a book and that's cool. Yeah. Well, dude, they have Starbucks across the street from each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the more is... Right. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like I used yeah. to think that, and I'm yeah. like, oh, they have a Starbucks in a, in a Starbucks. Yeah. So it'll yeah. all be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, originality. I mean, it's original, but no, you no, can, you can put it in different like you places. You can get it in all the different places. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, so where are you from? What's your what's your background? I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, and my, my parents kind of... My mom is from Newark, New Jersey, and my dad's from Queens, New York, and... 
Uh, me and my brother were born in New Jersey and we moved out to LA because my dad's in the business. He's a <clears throat> director or producer for TV. And uh, I moved out, uh, we moved out when I was 12. So right. I feel like I'm from, you know, LA. Right. Uh, even though I feel like people are always like, people say like, where are you from? You're not from LA. Like, I think it's, I have the vibe of like an East Coast guy, but like, um, and, and I think a little bit of an accent sometimes. Like hmm. people, if I'm yelling or something. A little or, New York or, energy. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Some people are like, I don't hear it at all, but yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah, Jersey kind of a thing. But but um, but yeah, so I've been out here for, I'm 37 now, so however long that is, 24 years. Um, and uh, I start. so I went to NYU for a year. I hated Film school? college. Yeah. Or no, uh, um, acting, yeah. theater. And, uh, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? And then I left and came back out here and started writing uh, screenplays. And I, I got some stuff optioned, but it was never made. Mm. And, um, and I was like, I just want somebody to pay attention to me. So I got on stage. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> That's great. That's like boiling down every yeah. actor's well, I, life story yeah, into yeah. like one sentence. Yeah. I wanted attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. I mean, and I, I, I had always seen myself as a comedian. I always wanted to be a comedian. Uh, um, so... I just basically, it took a while for me to get on stage just because it's a daunting process. Yeah. It's a daunting thing to do, to be like, all right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. What? Who was there? Like someone you saw, and you were like, because I remember Rogan told the story about seeing Eddie Murphy, I think, uh -huh. and he was like, that, that was the minute. Like one guy can make all me, these me people yeah, lose it. Eddie, it was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Was it? It was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought, and one time I remember I was watching. John Stewart and I was like, dude, that's crazy. That guy just gets on stage and like he doesn't need drums or a or any, you don't even need a microphone. It's you don't really amazing. need one. Yeah, you just go up and you don't you show up in any outfit. I was like, that's the job, dude. And you know the thing, I mean, I I look at everything through this prism, but I think this is accurate. It's primordial. You know, they say uh -huh. prostitution is the oldest profession. Yeah. I would argue being funny, sitting around a fire, yeah. making people laugh, telling stories. I would argue that's just as old. Hmm. I mean, if you can give a blowjob at the same time, then yeah, you're totally set. Story, you know? the dick. <laughs> there you go. It's hard to tell a story with a dick in your no, mouth. No, it is. Though, you, know, you can it's... do it with one in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, two in your butt. <laughs> you better tell the story quickly. <laughs> Back in and the, the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that story doesn't start once upon a time. <laughs> um, yeah. How's this one end? You know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it really resonates because you're right. There are no tools. Yeah. There's no, there's no True. nothing. It's like you with your voice and yeah. your brain and that's it. You could yeah. be in a fucking wheelchair. Know, you know, yeah. you can have no legs and no yeah. arms. Are there any quadriplegic comics? There were, there was one in the, in the eighties, I think. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he was in bad shape. He was like, mm -hmm. you know, um, he, he was, I can't remember what his name was, but he was, um, he was in a wheelchair and he was very you know slow and but uh he would kill yeah i don't remember who it was what the hell was that guy's name i bet yeah i was yesterday i told you i was with simon and we were talking about he he tried did a little stand up for a while and and just hated it and did like gave up on it i'm sure he did i'm never gonna like he, well, he did open mics yeah, he wasn't, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, no, I, hey that counts man. yeah no, and, and he was you know I, I hope I'm not talking out of school here. I don't think there are any secrets in there. But he, oh, no, he, no, he no, said, no. like, he was terrified. Like, he'd wake up in the morning thinking, oh, shit, tonight I have to do that. You know, and he'd that's be nervous all day. Yeah. Well, that's how it was in the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I had an actual show. 
like not just open mic where they were like, hey, you want to come do the show? I was so nervous that I was like, um, okay, I, I literally broke it down to, okay, if I can just, all I have to do is just move my legs to walk on the stage <laughs> and then I'll be up there and then, and then I'll have to talk. Yeah. I literally, that was, that was, that was my actual thought. Yeah. And I was yeah like, you break it down to the and basics. I was like, okay, I could do that. Do you get the shits before you go on stage? No, never. I, I've heard people that. I, I do. It's, yeah. it's so embarrassing. Like 20 minutes before I'm like, I have to take yeah. a massive dump and I'm already in the green room and I'm going to stink the place up and uh, like, whatever. yeah. But yeah, no, I, I that's why they call it the green room, right? A brown room. Uh, no, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I never did. No, I never did. I, I just get like excited and well now, now I don't again, sometimes I, I get excited still, but the, um, I mean, I always get excited, but, yeah. but, uh, it's just, and, and if I'm not excited, if I'm like, uh, I'm like, like, I'm, I'm never like, let's get this over with. You know, I think some maybe comedians have that mentality. Of they're mm. like, they're that must like, suck. It's their job. Yeah. Because then it's work. Yeah. No, I, I genuinely am like, even if I'm like low energy, when I get on stage, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Here we go. You know, because well, the fear cool. hits you. Yeah. The adrenaline yeah. must hit. You know, yeah. it's like riding a horse or yeah. something. It can't can't be indifferent when you yeah. get on that fucking thing. So what's like the biggest audience you've you've been in front of? Well, okay, my personal biggest audience, like for my show, has been Toronto. I did thirty three hundred, so three thousand three hundred. Right. But I've done tours that were like it was like literally like Chappelle, Louis C.K. Aziz Ansari, uh, uh, Bill Burr, uh, I mean, Amy Schumer, just big, big comedians. Yeah. We, I think we did 20,000. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, that's, you don't, you literally don't know if you're bombing or killing because you like, can't see them. I think they're laughing. Is it, right. they're laughing, but you're like, is this what 20,000 people sounds like laughing? Right. I guess. Right. Or are 8,000 people laughing? And in a, like a, <laughs> a venue like that, can you see the audience you can, through the you, lights? You, you, I mean, it goes for a long time. And, yeah. and, um, and yeah, you can see them, you can see them up close, like two rows, three rows. Right. That's how it is just in a club even. But yeah, it's, it's a lot, dude. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. That was a fun tour called the Oddball Tour. Huh. Pretty wild. Yeah, Chappelle. I just saw Three Mics the other night, the Neil Brown thing. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That was really oh, good. On Netflix. Um, well, it's... Gotcha. Yes, yeah, on Netflix. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. No, because he yeah. also does it live sometimes, so I didn't... Ah, uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, a friend uh, had it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's great. It's great. It was really, and it was such an obvious thing, you know, because you have, in most stand-up, you do have, like sort of pithy one-liners or right. you know, little, little quick yeah, instant jokes. bits. And then you've got your more elaborate, yeah. you know, and then you've got some, not everyone, but a lot of comics have some self-revelatory, mm -hmm. you know, sort of from the heart stuff mm -hmm. to break, you know, the rhythm and all that. And for him to break those things up into three mics and three separate yeah. sort of distinguished. It, it was, what he did was, I think Neil, Neil's a, a good friend of mine, but I think what Neil did was like, uh, Neil Brennan we're talking about is, uh, who is Dave Chappelle's writing yes, partner. Yes. Yeah. It's just whenever somebody says, I'm going to do something different with stand up, I feel like, Oh, well that's going to be a disaster. Right. We found the perfect way to do it. Right. Is just stand there and tell jokes. Right. What are you going to do? Anytime someone fucks with it, you're like, like anytime they cut sketches into it and yeah. shit, I'm always like, man, you kind of missed. But, uh, he successfully made something a little different and it's just great. Yeah. 
And it's like one of the only times I've seen it. Huh. It just added to it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so him and just knowing him, it's just so cool to see him be able to do that. It's great. It was, I mean, I probably shouldn't talk too much about something other people probably haven't seen, but if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, it's really well done. Um, but check it out after you watch mine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's on the same, same yeah, platform. Same platform. There you go. Uh, but the thing in Man on Fire. Yes. And your podcast is Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Available on iTunes yep. and where all finer awesome. podcasts are available. Uh but at the end of it, because it's so self revelatory and so uh you know, he talks about comedy having been a response to a really kind of yeah. traumatic childhood and, and that he's, you know, his depression is really intense yeah. and uh, almost like to the point where he can't really feel yeah. pleasure. There was this incredible moment at the end where people just stood up and went crazy and you sort of see in his eyes and it's like, is he hearing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he feeling this? Yeah. Does he know what he just did? Right. You know? It's really... Because on one level, it's like, well, he probably can't feel it because right. he just explained all this to us. But on the other level, you really want him to. You well, know? also, he's doing it. So, he, you know what I mean? It's like, Yeah, he's yeah, functioning. Yeah. and he's So, it's like he must be doing it because it feels good. Yeah, or I, I stop guess. something from feeling bad, yeah. maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And is there a difference? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't want to psychoanalyze yeah, him. Yeah, you yeah. know him. I, I don't know yeah. him. Um, but the thing I mentioned uh, Simon earlier, because, you know, when we were talking yesterday and he was talking about how hard it was, I was thinking, like, I was thinking about comics from my generation. You know, growing up, I was watching, you know, not that we're the same generation, but George Carlin, yeah. Richard Pryor, whatever. My dad exposed me to all those guys early on. Yeah, Class yeah. Clown. Yeah, my yeah. dad brought that record home right. when I was like eight, you right. know, and I shit, yeah. piss, fuck, cunt, cock, yeah, cock, yeah. six motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> yeah, and tater tits, and, you know, I mean, yeah. his whole thing. Uh, I know his daughter, by the way. Have you met his daughter? Carlin? Yeah. Uh -uh. Kelly Carlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she lives here. She's been on the podcast. Oh, she's, cool. she's really cool. But anyway, so I was thinking about comics, and then I was thinking, I was watching you on Rogan the other day, and you guys were talking about jujitsu and working out and all this. Yeah. And I, I was trying to think, like, when I was, is this a new thing where comics could kick your ass? Uh, well, you know, yeah, I think it I is. I think it is, because yeah. comics normally were the guys who were funny, so they wouldn't yeah. get beat up. Yeah, yeah. And now we got you and Rogan, and, you know, yeah. like there's sort of a tough dude comic uh, thing I, happening. I now. will say, I don't think I fall into that category, but uh, <laughs> I did do I did do it a while. Come on, years you ago. work out a lot. I, know, I do right? work out, yeah. Well, I see what you're saying, yeah. yeah. It, it used to be, oh, I. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, I, I like Woody I can't Allen. Do you know? I gotta, I gotta make jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't beat me up. I'm funny. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I guess I would credit that to Rogan because he he just kind of everything this guy did. He like figured out how to do it. Rogan's like like he 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 was on a show called. That news radio show. News radio with hit. Phil Hartman. Big, big hit. Yeah. That was how I first found out about huh. Joe Rogan. And then he was on Fear Factor. And that was before reality TV was anything. Right. And people were like, who the fuck cares about people eating bugs? Right. That fucking exploded. Yeah. And then he started doing the, Uf the UFC was in its infancy. And yeah. And were like, uh, there's boxing. Yeah. You know? And Podcasting. That, that, what? The podcasting. Yeah, that's exploded. He, he, and then he, he catches the every wave. People were like, yeah. yeah, radio's this shit. Right. And that fucking exploded. And, Everything this guy's done, it's like, so... Um, Float tanks. 
Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So X, uh, MDMA, you know, DMT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if, if Rogan does a drug, it's like, hey, yeah. let's go. Well, now he's got such a fan base that. Yeah. You know, but but it's um, uh, yeah, it's just uh, he was uh, and and I feel like he got a lot of guys into it. Like I don't know, like I think Joey Diaz does it. And I think he got maybe got Joey into it, but I remember he he even got Ari Shafir into it a little bit. I don't think he does it anymore, but um, yeah, I don't know. But I think I think also comics for the most part have a lot of downtime. Yeah, which is like they're yeah. on stage and maybe an hour a night. Yeah, and so they're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do jujitsu. Right, eleven. I got the day free. Yeah, why not? And otherwise, I'll get high and mess everything yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to sit around drinking. Yeah. What do, you, do you think comics are disciplined? As they're a, very yeah, they are. Yeah, so the that, good ones are hundred percent. That ties into it as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I did jujitsu almost every single day for five six years, and then hurt my knee, got surgery, and then started stand up. And I was like, oh, I won't do jujitsu anymore. I'll just do stand up every single day. Yeah. And now it's now. Simon and I talked about jujitsu yesterday too. Oh, you did? Yeah, he said he tried that as well. Oh, yeah. Well, Simon's <laughs> tried fucking everything. <laughs> he said, he said, I remember the line, he said, uh, you know, I found myself with my arm yeah. twisted up behind my back and some dude's ass on my face yeah. and I had an epiphany that jujitsu wasn't for me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I hear that. But yeah, anyway, I, I keep going back to this thing with Simon because I didn't finish the thought. Mm -hmm. the, the point was, uh, he, we were talking about him getting up on stage and being afraid and, and you know, the whole, yeah. like, experience of that. And one of the things I was thinking, it was like, can, you can be too good looking to be a comic. Because, and this gets back to what we were saying earlier about um, how elemental it is. And, like, I feel like there's a, there's a level of sympathy that, you yeah. know, if you're fat... Sure. You're ugly, yeah. you know, you're what, like, there's, the audience is kind of like, they're with you. If yeah. you get up there and you're a good looking dude and you're like muscular and all that, there's a, there's a hump you're going to, there's a yeah. wall you got to get over. Definitely. Like for you or Joe or whatever, where it's like, yeah, I don't know, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to be funny too. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do have that thought. And some comics have gotten, some, some comics, I know some comics early on would meet me and be like, this fucking guy. Yeah. Come on. Right. Because I, 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 I um, and I get it. Yeah. I, it's I, a weird world. I, but here's the thing. I really like comics. I, and I've got like a dozen friends who are comics yeah. now. I've been adopted into the, right. the fraternity yeah. somehow. But, but here's the thing, though. Being that outsider that makes you feel like you're funny, that doesn't come from being an outsider. That comes from in your head. So you think that exists... No matter what, and it might get triggered like an epigenetic kind of a thing by being an outsider. I think what it is is I've 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 always felt out of place. Were you in, were you cool in high school? Yeah. So you're a cool guy. You had friends. You're getting yeah. laid and all that, but you but still had this my energy. Head, I'm like, uh, does this guy not like me, or does that happen? Did this happen? I'm not. Do you know what I mean? I, right. I look like I, and I did that through humor. Right. But because I'm 6'2 and I have long hair, like people think, oh, but you're not that guy. But I am. Right. And my, it, it, that comes from in your head. I didn't really yeah. get to later. I felt, you know. But um, I moved when I was 12. I had no friends. And I remember thinking, I can make these people laugh and then they'll like me. Right. You know? And that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and, I do that too. I yeah. moved. 
five times in my teenage yeah. years, three high schools, always the new kid. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't turn out the comic though. Wow. I turned out my, my defense was, um, to be a pedantic asshole. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> it worked. It's, yeah. it, it's still like, I'm smarter than yeah. all you guys. Time so a, fuck time you. Time is a long time and it, it, it'll even, it'll even out eventually, but it, it just, it, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, I always felt, I always felt kind of odd and out of place and found my footing through making people, people, people laugh. But, you know, and also like, dude, I, like, if you put me in a room with actual, like, athletes and real men, like, those guys are the guys that take my girl. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's, it's, it's all, all relative. relative yeah. Know? Yeah. Is your brother in entertainment as well? Um, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, he's, th he's three and a half years younger than me. He's a, a, a writer director. Yeah. And how do your parents feel about you guys being in the industry? So they, they're, they love it. But my, my dad didn't want that when we were kids, kids. And right. then once I started kind of proving myself, he was like, okay, I'll be fine. You know, hmm. um, and same with my brother. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. He just didn't want you to do it because that was well, the only just, option you saw. He says he would see people come in an audition every week. Right. And he would literally, he would wish that somebody who loved them would tell them it's not going to happen <laughs> for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not his place. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and, and he's right. But, I mean, it's just a whole thing. It's like, yeah, but, you know, dream and you can make it. And it's like, okay, that's why. Yeah. Life is great, but it's just not going to work out for a lot of people. So. Yeah, it's hard. I, I was thinking about that, you know, how people say, well, you know, I have to be an optimist or I have to have hope. Like, yeah. That's not rational. No. You know, I, you can I, say that, but you yeah. think you're being rational. That's yeah. not rational. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Just, I, I just like, uh, just you got to be more realistic about it, I guess. But but not not too much so to where you're hindering yourself, but like, I don't know, man. Like you see, look look at American Idol. You see these people come in and sing all off key and audition, and you're like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, how does that happen? Yeah, how, how do you convince yourself? Although I imagine part of the way it happens is that the producers bring those well, people in because sure, you know but there's not that drama. every time. I mean, I think there are people that are like, no, I'm a great singer. I mean, I have friends. I've had friends in my life. They're like, I'm no, I'm I'm gonna be a music I'm gonna be a singer. <laughs> and you're like, and if by the way, dude, if I can tell you suck at singing, you suck at singing. I, I don't really know. <laughs> I took a bunch of acid once in college. I mean, I used to take a lot of acid. But one time I took a lot of acid and I had this insight in the middle of this wild trip. I had this great insight that I was, I, I knew what I was going to do with my life, man. I was going to be a concert pianist, right? I'm like 20 and I call my best friend down yeah. at Cornell, who was a really great musician. I'm like, dude, I figured it out. I'm going to be a concert pianist because I fucking love Chopin so much. And he's like, yeah, Chris, you don't know how to play any instrument. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I'll learn, Mike. I'm going to learn. It's like, dude, are you high? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a day later, it mattered. It, oh, mattered. it mattered. It mattered so Never much. I'm, thank God I didn't like go into a piano store and make the purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's going to happen. By the way, that would be hilarious if you bought a piano on acid. It would be 
funny. <laughs> trying to take it back the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, it's the wrong model, really. And he's like, hey, it's the concert penis. <laughs> no, not really. I... <laughs> it's right. Got to put a piano on Craigslist. Never used. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you're acting as well. So you do, st- but stand-up's your main thing. Like, that's I mean, what you've wanted to do. And then yeah, the acting just well, sort of came I, out of that. I mean, I started acting before that before stand-up because it was just like yeah i'll go on auditions yeah you know it was less i guess work but um yeah i feel like i do both yeah you know i like doing i like doing like interesting parts and shit i mean i was on network tv for the past five years doing two different shows um and uh i kind of it was just like you know sitcom i was playing the, either one of them I was the boyfriend of the girl and the other one I was the the lead of the show that was like this silly bachelor kind of guy and it was fun um, uh, it was the best case scenario on those kind of sitcom things and now I don't want to do sitcoms anymore just because I did it for five years so I'm looking to do like drama and like other interesting shit that you know is different are you still writing? Like screenplay? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I have stuff in development, and uh, I do have scripts that I've written, um, and uh, I want to, I want to, I want to kind of produce and turn into something. Hmm. But it's just like I, I at this point. Well, look, up until now, I was working on stand up and just getting that third special out there, um, and now after that. It's like, look, I could do another special. I could do four specials. I could do five specials. But also, I want to try to do other things, too, because now, you know, it's like, I always, I'm always going to do stand-up. But, you know, what's that quote? It's like, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting different results? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, you feel like you sort of saturated a little bit? with? I mean... No, well, you know, no, not yet, but, but I just want, I, no, I don't, but I don't want to get to that point where I feel that way. Mm. And I feel like I'm trying to pro- prolong that. Right. You know? Right. Because I don't want to burn out. I don't want to, you know. How, I don't know if you're comfortable talking with this, but is there any co- correlation between this and like women relationships? Stand, stand up? Yeah. Oh, uh, huh. Um, how so? Like, what do you mean, mm, I guess? Like, do you get bored quickly? Oh, oh. You know? Do well, I... The I thing mean, I don't know if you're married or what no, you're... No, I'm not. Your no, I'm, I'm not. No, I, I, I'm, I'm here alone. Uh, Ladies! But, <laughs> but um... <laughs> There's a guest room. <laughs> if um, you snore. Uh, <laughs> do you snore? No, I used to snore, and I don't snore anymore. How, what, I don't know what, what happened. I went away. I don't know. Fuck, dude. If you could figure that out. I don't know what happened, dude. I used to snore, and now I just don't. Did you lose weight? No. Fuck. I started snoring in the last few years. I hate it. Snoring is this horrible thing. Like, you yeah. do it when you're unconscious. Yeah, it's unfair. And, and you know it's ugly. Yeah. It's, you know, it's yeah. like farting really loud yeah, or something yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're, or, or like yelling out racial insults when yeah. you're sleep talking yeah. or something. Not fair. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, fair. What, what's that psychological, psychiatric disease? Tourette's syndrome. Tourette's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, so you don't snore. He doesn't snore, ladies. No, I know. Look at that. The perfect dude. But yeah. uh, no, I, I, I don't, um, I have, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, I've always been kind of like, I've been in long relationships. Dude, I was married 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was with her for five years, you know. Um, I mean, I find myself kind of, look, you know, 
after a year or so, then the relationship kind of has to grow or something has to change, you know? Uh, whereas like maybe you find something new about that you, about each other, or you, 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 I, 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 it's tough for me to get to that point and kind of keep. You said you're 34, 37, 37. Yeah. But, but with stand up, I'm not bored with it, but, but, um, I do get bored with material sometimes, but I yeah. mean, I think that might just be the same, the same thing over and over again every night. Do you, do you like working with other people or are you more of a solitary guy? Um, it's weird because stand-up is like a solitary thing, but it's also like you see your friends fail and succeed and you're literally bringing them on stage. And so I feel yeah. like, I mean, I don't like, it, it's, it's a weird thing where like I made the most fun thing I do my job. So like at the diner, when I'm with other comedians and we're bullshitting, I could come up with bits there and I'd be like, oh, I could sit down on stage. So it's like, yeah. How's that work? If you're hanging out, like say you, you, Bill Burr and, and Marin are hanging out, having dinner and you're having a conversation and it's funny. And like the thing I love hanging out with comics is a nothing, nothing is offensive or off, yeah, off yeah, the yeah, table. Yeah. And B, like whatever the idea is. I just love to watch the way you guys will just fucking squeeze it and squeeze yeah, it and yeah, squeeze yeah. it. And then suddenly yeah. there's a new burst of juice that nobody the, saw coming. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's <laughs> it's, it's so that. great. Like yeah. it takes a weird turn yeah, and yeah, 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 you yeah. know, uh, Duncan and Joe and I did a series, not, we did nine podcasts together uh -huh. called the shrimp parade. Okay. Uh, and this is just how cool Joe is. Cause we, you know, we did one together and he was like, this is, that's really fun. Cause Joe's sort of like got that real physical macho yeah. alpha male thing and Duncan well you know Duncan yeah. you know he's all spaced out and then yeah. you know just Hare Krishna shit yeah and I don't know whatever my energy is and the three yeah. of it it works together you know yeah so we did three and like a rotating thing we uh -huh. do the you know, mine and Joe's okay. and Duncan's and that really was responsible for probably half my audience sure. you know here and about um why am I talking about that uh, what the fuck was uh, working it? with each other or yeah. solo? Well, yeah. So, so if you're doing that, if you're in that, how, and you come up with this cool stuff, how do you decide who gets to oh, use the material? You just decide right there. You're like, Marin's like, I want that. And you're yeah. Like, yeah, fuck you, man. That was mine. I, I always be like, to go ahead, do it. Yeah. You know, All right. But somebody's gonna use it. Maybe I don't know. I, I, yeah. Honestly, I've probably done, it's probably happened two or three times in my life. So mm -hmm. it doesn't happen too much. Right. Usually, if you're doing something on at the table, like. It's usually just like for the table and you'll be like, eh, I don't know how I would make that into a bit. You know? Yeah. But because also the stuff that, although if you're writing a show, true. right. And you have characters having true. a dialogue, true. that That's would a be a point. great source yeah. of dialogue. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, um, but I don't, uh, when I eat with my comedian friends, uh, at late at night, it's like, it's so silly and so out there that it, it might not we'd be like that would even never even work <laughs> it's unusable yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I was hanging out with uh, you know um, Jake Johansson he's a comic a little older than oh, you oh yes he's, I do yes, I know. he's yeah. my age actually yeah, a fair bit older than you uh, he was on Letterman like 28 yeah, times or something sure. anyway I was, I was hanging out at his house and uh, there's another guy there who, who was a stand up I forget his name um, but he's become more of an actor. He was mm -hmm. on like uh, Mad Men for five mm -hmm. seasons and I, I, whatever. And uh, we were talking about this quality of, of uh, like how nothing's offensive and yeah. how comics think a little different than other people. And I said, have you guys seen The Aristocrats? Oh, yeah. 
you know, and both of them were like, ah, oh, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. It really gets to this point, right? And the conversation continued. So then I went home, and I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've seen The Aristocrats. Yeah, I had it on a hard yeah. drive. So I, I, you know, hooked, set it up, and I watched it again. Both those fucking guys are in The Aristocrats. Oh, that's funny. And neither one of them mentioned it. Why didn't they mention it? I think it's just because it's, like, Hollywood cool. I think it's just, like... People are so uh, averse to like name dropping or yeah, yeah, like, yeah. hey, look at me, because they're doing that for a living. Sure. So at a party, That's they don't want to do it. Maybe it. Maybe it has to do with, maybe it also had to do with, well, I mean, there almost every comedian was in it at the time. Yeah. So maybe it had to do with that. Like if it was a fucking It's like not a big deal. Movie, like, yeah. yeah, I was in that. Yeah. That's funny, though. <laughs> I, I gave him both shit about That's it funny. later. That's I was like, funny. you guys think you're so fucking cool <laughs> that you don't even mention That's that you're really in a movie, funny. you know? What they say? They're like, well, the one guy said, like, you know, Chris, it's what I do for a living. Right, right, right. You know, I get all this attention on stage. I don't need it yeah, yeah. in a conversation. And Jake was Jake was just like, I thought I, I, thought I said I was in uh, it. I was like, no, yeah. you didn't, you motherfucker. I have such a bad memory. I would have probably, I'm probably in it. I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> No, I was fucking. Well, it's pretty old, man. Yeah, I was. I was young. It was like late eighties, maybe. No, I don't think it was that old. Uh, I don't think it was that old. Well, Penn. Nineties. I think Penn Teller produced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it couldn't have been eighties, right? No, I don't think so. Maybe nineties. Maybe nineties. Yeah, I don't know. My whole timeline's all fucked up because I've been out of the U.S. most Mm, of my life, so I don't know what's going on. Um, Yeah, you're talking earlier about. You reminded me of a quote. I forget the exact context, but the crazy one. Well, it's just a it's just a quote I think about a lot. It it was, and I never remember what the fuck con, what the fucking context right. was. But it's this football coach who uh, was. They asked him what the secret is to being a great coach. Uh-huh. I think it was about like you were saying, like banging the same drum yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over can yeah, get yeah. kind of boring. Uh, and he said the secret to being a, a great coach is. Being smart enough to understand the game, but not smart enough to understand how little it all matters. Hmm. You know, like just if your if your focus is tight, yeah. you can be really good at it. But if your focus gets broader, then you you start to wonder about larger things, and you have a larger context, which hmm. is good if you can carry it. I mean, if that's the kind of intelligence that you have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's cool. You've got acting, you've got writing, you got the stand-up. Yeah. You got. Are you? Do you think you'll ever move out of entertainment completely? Or is... I can't imagine that would happen. Oh, yeah. for the sole reason that, like, I don't know what else I would be good at. Right. What's it like? So I have a lot of cousins who grew up here in L.A. Did Pali High and you know yeah. Malibu and Beverly Hills and all this. That's a weird world. What? what? L.A. Yeah, it is. L.A. high school is a very strange world. Fame and, like, extreme money. And even if your family isn't super wealthy, you know, you know, so-and-so whose father, you know. It's it's just a very strange world. Do you think, you know, as a guy who was sort of in it and also out of it, looking, looking at it from a distance... Like, are you aware of how weird it is? Well, here's the deal. I don't think it's weird anymore because I think that's just how things are because of social media. Now, if you're in a small town outside of Chicago, there's literally people in high school that have like a following on Instagram that are thousands. And they're, they're, yeah. it, it's just. So what was a, a sort of an LA yeah, distortion it, it, is now. Yeah, it's not, it's not, dude, it's global. It's, it's Dude, I can tell being like the last millennial or whatever the fuck, like 80, right, you right. know, it's like 
it's like you know i'm not really one but like right. kind of you know what i mean because yeah, like, I, don't, I don't really, I don't really know what it is shit. but like, my point is is i watched people stay the same like just take 15 year olds <clears throat> a 15 year old in 1995 which was when i was 15 and then 96 and then a 15 year old in 1997 and then a 15 year old in 2003 15 year old i've seen those all, all you know my cousins were younger than me and then mm. i've seen their friends and then it's just it, it the whole thing changes man and 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 it's and it's now there that person is is just a different person because of social media they're all they're basically all the fucking sixth lead in a movie because they're just like, I'm, that's an interesting idea. I yeah, never thought of that. I'm, I'm, I'm literally fucking, uh, the, they'll be like the guy from fucking true blood direct messaged me or whatever the fuck. And they're like, ah, I'm, I'm important. Yeah. And then, so that's who they are. And then it's all, it, everything's all fucked up because of that. I think about that all the time. So it's not, it's a Hollywood is everywhere. It's a whole, yeah. It's just spread out. So, cause you're right. Everybody's sort of like either famous or yeah. trying to be famous or thinking yeah. of themselves in terms of followings and yeah. audience and famous platform people, 30 years ago famous people were just in LA <laughs> <laughs> yeah they yeah or New just York in LA yeah. and yeah. New York yeah sure but there were no famous people that live in fucking Omaha yeah and now there are yeah. because of social media yeah it's a strange thing so Hollywood is just everywhere in that sense I feel like and, and and there's also like even with dating apps and stuff. Yeah. Like, now you're on a dating app. You you've got uh, the you know options. It's options. About, yeah. Huge options, yeah. which used to be only for people who were really wealthy or right. really good looking or really right. famous yes. or whatever. That you'd have that kind of right. easy like you know pick a stranger yeah. and hook up that yeah. night kind of thing. And it also is like because there are so many options. I feel like you know, just when it comes to even when it comes to like. Uh, you know, like sex or like the the opposite sex. It's like people say, like, "Oh, you're on you're on TV. It must be easy for you." But like, I'm 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 in the same boat as fucking Tom Hardy. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody's gonna fucking date me over him. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's it's just like so you're in a bigger pool. Yeah, everybody's yeah. like everybody's like, oh, you know, it's uh, it's just options. It's like, oh, I I can get that though. And so, yeah. but, but, but that used to just be an LA thing, but it's not anymore. Yeah. That's my point. There's some Chinese proverb. Uh, I forget how it goes exactly, but it's like, he who chases one rabbit catches one rabbit. He who catches three, he who chases three catches none. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this last night in yeah. uh, Malibu yeah. at Soho House, watching the whole dynamic of yeah. everybody. Like, yeah. Mm, yeah, okay, now she's kind of into me, but right, yeah, maybe right, I could right. like, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, and like trying to maintain her yeah. interest while you're also like, t- it's fucking high school. It's crazy. Yeah, it's weird, dude. It's very weird. What do you feel like? Are you conscious of like living in this weird sort of warped space time continuum because people have seen you on TV and? I mean, fame is like, I've got a little tiny taste of fame, yeah. right? But it's book fame. Right. And podcast fame. Yeah. So people, especially podcast fame, people who think they know me actually kind of do. Yeah, that is a weird thing. Whereas you, you're playing a character. No, and even even with stand-up, like, that's still not true. Like, people think, oh, I bet I've listened to him say hours of stand-up. I know him. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. It's an act. 
Right. I, I feel this way. It might be a facet. Yeah, of you, yeah, yeah. But it's not. You. But you don't know. You know. And, but yeah, with the podcast, it is a little weird. It's it, it's uh, because they kind of they kind of do. Yeah, and it's it's just um, I don't know. I I just my my whole thing is like. It's so funny when somebody's like, oh, you can tell that that person's a nice guy. Vincent D'Onofrio is a nice guy. And you're like, huh? Yeah. He fucking, how do you know? Right. Oh, just you can tell. No, like, no, you're a fucking lunatic. Yeah, although, you know, instinctively, when we want to believe we can like tell. He can be a huge dick, but. <laughs> well, I'm, I always think of George Clooney. Yeah. Like, George Clooney comes across as such a nice guy. I actually talked to somebody recently who, uh, a journalist who's interviewed him like 20 times, and he's like, he actually is a really nice right, guy. Right, right. You know, he really is. But I'm sure there are people who seem like nice guys. Uh, oh, the, yeah. The Pope, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you hear about this fucking yeah, what gay happened, orgy? Uh, the, no. Oh, no, I did not hear about that. Oh, yeah, like uh, a cardinal. Just this morning I saw, it was on Twitter, there was a headline. It was a drug-fueled gay orgy busted by the police, and it was like one of the top cardinals. Wow, really? Yeah. And, I, and my first thought was... Does a gay orgy need to be fueled by drugs? Isn't it kind of self-propelling? What do you mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, any orgy. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, really... Yeah, 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 it's yeah. not drug-fueled. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. But they always say drug-fueled. Well, what is drug-fueled? What would be drug-fueled? I think that the implication is they were so high yes, they had an be, orgy. Yes. No, that's not... It's not like fucking... You could be so high that you shot seven people. Anyone who's ever been to an orgy knows that being really high isn't necessarily no, like, a good you're thing. You're right. Yes. You don't want to get high. You're there. You're already you're in an orgy. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> you don't need to get high. Like, All right, let's do There's like a lot of dick here. Yes, 100%. It's a dick-fueled gay orgy is what it is. It is. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So the, that just happened today. Like how much hypocrisy? Are you Catholic, by the way? Am I, am I, I insulting Catholic, your religion? No, no, no. I'm a comedian, dude. Hi, hi, good. First and foremost. Yeah. It's like uh, as the Chappelle when uh, Michael, who's the guy from Seinfeld? Michael, oh, Michael Richards, yeah. Michael Richards yeah. had that whole meltdown yeah, and yeah. the thing. And Chappelle's thing and that was... Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. you know, what was it? Like 10% of me was offended as a black yeah. man. And 90% of me was like, as a comic, like, oh, Michael. <laughs> I feel so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, I mean, because you're working shit out on stage. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself like digging a hole and like, oh shit, I wish I hadn't gotten um, into this? Yeah, but I just feel like, first of all, uh, I've kind of consciously, like that's kind of, I don't know how to say this, without sounding like a cocksucker, but like, that's kind of like what I, part of what I do. You're, you know? You've got a confrontational yes. vibe. So, yeah. so I don't think Michael Richards did have that. Right. So, Which is why it was so hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, granted, I think not in a million years would I have been doing right. what he was doing. You're not going to make lynch jokes. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. But, um, but yeah, it's just, um, if you have that attitude... Uh, and you are unapologetic about it. I think that it is, and uh, not not to say what he did, but I, I think that you you get into less trouble that way, right? Because they just know, like my fucking night. Like I have friends that are famous, and they're like, oh, I can't tweet that because, and I'm like, oh, that's my nightmare, right? Dude, that's my nightmare. Yeah, I have to filter you all have the to time. Filter what you say, right? And people don't like know yeah. you and like. Granted, they don't know you anyway, but still, like that's 
That's my nightmare. Man. Well, I had a moment like that, you know, when I was doing Joe's podcast mm-hmm. a lot and hanging out with Duncan and yeah. I mean Moshe Kasher and, yeah. and Ari and like mm-hmm. there are all these people I'm and you know, I'm coming at it from like oh, I'm famous for writing this book. I'm supposed to be a smart guy, whatever. Right. And there's a point where I started thinking like, yeah, I'm saying a lot of shit that like I'm never gonna get a teaching gig if you know, oh right you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And but there's like yeah, like yeah, fuck it. I don't give a shit. I, yeah. I mean, I feel really fortunate to be in a position where I don't have to really uh, give I, a shit. I fucking always think about the quote on in Mad Men, and I don't know if they said it first, but it was in Mad Men where Don Draper says to this lady, like, you got to lose the clients you uh, have to get the clients you want. Hmm. And I, I always that stuck with me because it's like they're out there. It's not like you're going to be like, wait, but where is everybody? Like the the world is big enough and right. the internet is big enough that your fans will find you. Right. So I don't right. try to stress about that. Which gets us back to the whole thing about do do people who listen to your podcast know you? And right. I think they do yeah. if your podcast is unfiltered yeah. reality. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, they don't know all of you, no, of they course. Because there's don't. shit that, I mean, there's shit I don't talk about on my podcast. Very right. little. My marriage is basically right. gotcha. it. Gotcha. You know? Um, and that's, I would, I'd be happy to talk about yeah, myself. I, I tend to overshare, yeah. but out of respect for other of people, course, I try yeah. to keep that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My, my, I mean, my podcast is a comedy podcast. I, I probably say stuff that just for the joke. So you can't like hold people accountable really for that right. shit, but it, you know, I often think like, I can't believe I'm saying these things that'll be ac- accessible all the time. Always, <laughs> forever. forever. I know. You know what I, I mean? know. Yeah. It's so weird. Like. I mean, I don't know, you're used to dealing with audiences, but it's so weird for me to, you know, I'll be sitting in my apartment, you know, having my second or third beer, and I'll like, yeah, I'll do one of these things, and blah, 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 I'm talking, I'm at the desk I'm at all day. I'm as relaxed as I'll ever be. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting in a stadium with 100,000 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And they're just invisible. Yeah. It's it's like a Kurt Vonnegut novel or something, you know? So you say shit that you would never say if there were a hundred thousand people sitting around you. I dude, yeah. It's, That's it's really weird. It is weird. <laughs> well listen, you got a house guest uh, who arrived just before we did this, so I don't want to keep you. Did all we do day. it? We did what, an hour? We're, we're we're at an hour, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It time flies, man. Um so listen, before before I, I shut it down, we got Man on Fire. Yes. Which I've seen it's, like your fans are doing all these really cool yeah, uh, illustrations for it. it's been, on Instagram. It's, it's really been, nice. Yeah. It's Some been, of them are fantastic. Yeah. It's been really cool, man. That was, yeah. That's really cool when, when people, they're not only fans, they're not only buying your thing, but they're like reaching out and giving you something. It's cool, man. A lot of them nice. are artists yeah. and, and it's just it's just really cool. This hour is definitely different than my first two that I did. So um, I'm pretty... Um, I was, I was, I was, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but like you say, you lose the fans, you, ha- you lose the clients you have to gain the new clients. It was a little different. So I was like, wondered how people would take it. And people seemed to, it seemed to be going in the right direction. Are the first two available on Netflix as the well? The first one, uh, the second one is available on Netflix. It's called Incorrigible. The first one I did was White Male Black Comic and it was uh, Comedy Central thing. So mm. it's on Comedy Central. Right. And, and Cause I was on YouTube the last yeah. couple of days, just watching stand up, yeah. but I didn't see any full, full special. Yeah. They have like, there was one bit that I did that went viral. That kind of was how I, one of the reasons why I, when I became known, um, that was from white male black comic, the drunk girls bit that I do. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I that, saw was, that. that was from that. So, right. um, 
so yeah so so man on fire and then i have a, a podcast myself called congratulations about right. i see you were re the stuff i saw online you were really uh good at the crowd work oh yeah I, you know what um thank you but the uh the reason um why those became big was because the laugh factory wanted to put sets out for comedians and i said you know some of the comedians it's it's great for them because they're not getting deals and and shit and so they could put it on the laugh factory channel it gets exposed to a lot of people but i, I was like doing specials and shit so i was like look don't mm. put my material up there oh right because just I, the spontaneous I, stuff. i don't want right. to put something out on netflix and 250,000 people already saw it right so and so I was, they were like, well, what if you're fucking with the crowd? And I was like, yeah, send me the link and maybe. Uh, um, and so I, I, there were like four or five of those right. that went viral because. They're that, good. Thank you. That's really good. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I like watching that too because that's, it's, well, you know, it's not prepared. It's special for the night. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, so that's cool because, but then the backlash of that was sometimes people come to the shows, not really anymore, mm. but they think that's what I do. To engage with. Yeah. Them. yeah. And that's, that's that, no good. I was getting hecklers, number one. And number two. I'm, I'm touring my act. I'm working. I want to work on my act. Right. You know. I don't, right. So yeah. Yeah. So is the comedy store like where you go to work stuff out mostly? Yeah, comedy store. Do you do the ice, ice house to go out there? I it's far, but yeah. you know I, I hit the three clubs pretty regularly in in Hollywood. So Hollywood. But cool. comedy store is my home. That's where I came up. Well, I I'll come see you live. If yeah, yeah, if come out sometime. Cool. We could be friends like you and Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll invite you to the next party that I don't right. really know where yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. yeah that'll be great. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and are financially able, go to patreon.com and search for Tangentially Speaking. You enter your credit card, tell them you want to give me a buck, five bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 200 bucks, and then they'll just automatically ding your credit card and you don't have to think about it again. Uh, if you don't have uh, the money to do that, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Tell your friends about the podcast, write a review on iTunes, or just enjoy the podcast. It doesn't matter. I want to thank Basin and Range for that intro music. The song's called Bright Side of the Sun. And you can check them out at basinandrangeband.com. If you want to talk about the podcast, you can go to Reddit, where there are a few thousand people chatting about the podcast. Uh, I drop in and answer questions, post photos, uh, whatever. Pretty cool community there. Another forum where you can meet fellow listeners to this podcast is at t eight. No, sorry, tspeaking.boardhost.com. This has been set up by a listener to enable people to um, register and uh, their different states and countries so you can find people who live near you, get together, have a beer, smoke a bowl, eat some mushrooms, dance under the moonlight, however you celebrate these things. You'll find uh, like-minded spirits on that. It's Again, it's tspeaking.boardhost.com. Dot com. And uh, if you want to get some T-shirts, we have the Civilized to Death shirts, Sex at Dawn shirts, Tangentially Speaking shirts. They're all in my mom's garage. She will get them out to you in a jiffy. Julie, my mom, is one of the most efficient people you will ever meet. So you can find those on my website. That Chris Ryan, chrisryanphd.com, tangentiallyspeaking.com, whatever. You'll find them. Just look in the store there. If you want to buy some other T-shirts from the same manufacturer, that's Shore Design T. -shirt, 
t-shirts. They are fantastic. I know I say this is an ad-free podcast uh, and this could be construed as an ad, but Sure Design t-shirts have been supporting this podcast since its inception. Bennett, who was the dude there, decided he was going to support the podcast. He sent me a bunch of shirts uh, at an extreme discount to uh, help us out. Since Bennett died, the people who took over SureDesignT-shirts.com have decided to continue giving us the same deal that Bennett gave us. So be sure to use the discount code CTD, as in civilized to death, when you order anything from them and you'll get 20%, 20% off your entire order. That's the discount code CTD. And that's at SureDesignTshirts.com. Thank you to Carsey Blanton for the song you're about to hear. You can check her out at CarseyBlanton.com. She performed this little ditty, especially for us. Sounds like she was sitting in her garage. You can hear the birds chirping. The song is called Smoke Alarm, and it's a reminder to live now because you're going to die one day. This is for you guys, Bennett and Justin. Miss you. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're gonna say. When everyone you've ever known is headed for a headstone. I don't wanna give the end away, but we're gonna die one day. Your body is an animal, doesn't ask for much. A little music and a soft touch, why don't you let it out to play? Your heart is in a birdcage, singing in your chest. You wanna shut it up, but give it a rest, you're gonna die one day. go down we'll go singing to the smoke alarms we'll dance into the ground